Uh, Wimmies, if you are bored in August and <laughs> love the Pacific Northwest, there might be some route to be played. I don't know if we should. We should wait till it's confirmed before we should project this, right? right. We can talk about it as a theoretical thing, but I don't know if we should put dates right, in, right? right? In theory, <laughs> August in Portland would be a time to think about. It's a beautiful in time theory. to be in the Pacific Northwest just anyway. That's right. I mean, worst case scenario is you buy a trip to one of the most beautiful cities in America, the world's only temperate rainforest, um, legal weed, great beer. It's got mead. Maybe some of it is root related. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. But it's just something to theoretically think about in theory. I, I will say, I do think that it would be a fun moment in like the highlight reel of my life to be just like sipping some mead and playing root. 100%. With, with a bunch of friends. That sounds like excellent. Yeah. Jake, thoughts yeah, on me? I would love to sip any other beverage and play root with friends. Absolutely. <laughs> what do you have against me? Yeah, I don't what? have anything against. How me many that. times have you drank me? Yeah, that's uh, it's in the single digits. It's probably like seven. No, that's a good amount. Of those seven, I don't think I finished more than three of them. Yeah, it's just not. There's a reason society moved on from it. Like <laughs> they stopped doing it. Like. 800 years ago for a reason they're like well, we, it's the reason we don't do you know what about like theater you know we're still doing plays from thousands of years ago yeah but not that often and you don't go to see them do you i mean i don't i don't like the taste <laughs> which play from thousands of years ago do you go see uh oedipus i've seen oedipus okay. multiple times what's the sequel what's the one with the daughters uh oedipus harder <laughs> <laughs> Oedipus 2 the... Oedipus with a vengeance <laughs> Oedipus 2 That's when he <laughs> Bleep that Bleep that We've waited thousands of years for the sequel <laughs> <laughs> Alright I gotta look up the sequel Antigone Antigone, Antigone duh. So those are the couple plays from thousands of years ago That I've seen recently Okay, I don't know how to transition out of this, but let's do some root news. <laughs> root news! <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of sequels. Oh, uh, that's a good one. We have a really exciting sequel update uh, for Root Digital. And that is the sequel to the Riverfolk expansion, the Underworld expansion, is definitely coming to Root Digital. And not only that, which is already pretty exciting because we're getting the Duchy and the Corvid Conspiracy on digital, which is super cool. Yeah, it's great that they put things, um, they put the ad set right in to the Underworld expansion. We're going to get ad set, which uh, yes. for those of you who don't know, comes from the Marauder expansion, which is the third in the Riverfolk trilogy. <laughs> I didn't it. realize that was a, a, considered a trilogy. Well, you said the Underworld was a sequel to the Riverfolk expansion, uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I said right. that the Marauder is the trilogy. <laughs> so the, the fact that Adset is getting kind of bumped forward, as it were, is super exciting to me, just because I think... Uh, from the number of digital games that we have all played, <laughs> mm -hmm. things kind of get a little stale after a while. And I do think Adset is going to push us into like totally unknown territory and like crack the game wide open. I'm still excited about Adset. Is that the best thing that 
has been made for root <laughs> well it's interesting i think the other thing that you could argue is like the exiles and partisans deck right yeah totally and digital's actually been really smart with this because we had just the river folk expansion in the base game right right and then they added the exiles and partisans deck but that meta with those components never really existed because the Exiles and Partisans deck released alongside the Underworld expansion. Oh, that's, that's interesting. And now we have ad set with just the Underworld, Riverfolk, and base game factions. So, right. I mean, I'm sure we've played a game that just happens to be those factions with ad set, but like it's interesting how the release schedule doesn't exactly mirror real life and creates new weird metas. It's a, a meta bubble within the larger root bubble. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm glad they're including it so early. Ad set's so important, I think. It always felt like it always felt like setup was just like disorganized. Like it didn't quite feel complete. Yeah, it just had a chair that was just only for laundry. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> I wish I had a chair. Mine's just on the floor. <laughs> so uh I, I'm I'm really, really looking forward to this. And it should be pretty imminent right uh, that's what i keep hearing but q1 I, I didn't check it today q1 that's that's what we have is q1, q1. so one a three-month grace period i suppose but <laughs> we're all pretty hyped over here yeah just like always for uh your daily dose of root async games go check out the woodland war machine channel on the good time society discord you're gonna find invites and lots and lots of people playing this game one other kind of root expansion related piece of news is Slug has released the Outsiders expansion PNP edition. This is so cool. I had a dream of this, you know, of like, I wish there was just like one place where someone had curated some of the fan content and I could like put some resources into printing this to add to my root collection, you know, because I want some of the fan stuff in real life. I don't want to just do it on TTS. And Slug has done that. And it's so it's such a relief to me that I don't have to do this. Slug is an expert when it comes to fan-made root content. Um, and this is super cool. And just to give a brief overview, it's six fan factions. The Bone Patrol, Winged Menace, <laughs> the Order of the Forest, the Croaker's Coven. Love that. <laughs> it's amphibious. It's, I'm, ex I'm excited yeah. about that one. The Twelve Colonies. Old Man Tinker. I've actually played Old Man Tinker before. Very fun faction. What's Old Man Tinker? Uh, so it's it's just like the Tinker, but mm -hmm. it's like he's gone completely mad and is like old and grizzled. And he's obsessed with robots. That's his thing. He's got like all these kind of like robots oh, that he's built. Right. And so there, it's, it's a pretty complicated faction because there's like a lot going on. But I had a lot of fun with it. I think that's a good one. I think that one's listed as like at the heavier end of the pool. Was that in Root Jam? It might have been actually. Now that you say that, I played it in something. <laughs> it wasn't. I remember Root Jam. there was Vagabond Robots in something. I don't know. Who did the art for this? Great question. Let's find out. It just says designer artist N A, but like they nailed the art on this too. Yeah, the art is amazing. The art and is the amazing. The design of the boards is really solid mm -hmm. the, yeah the player boards look good the there's a lot of custom good. art there's even actually two brand new maps as well which i am a big fan of uh the deep woods map and the wastelands map we should just have yeah. slug on at some point to talk about all this because yeah. that's the thing like a ton of content I, this is too good to not have slug on to talk about this like generally speaking i kind of wanted to 
keep this really official of all the official stuff before we delved into this, but like before we delved into fan made stuff too much. But like this is so freaking good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is it's thorough. So polished. curated. Yeah. Yeah. Polished is a good word. Um the meeples. There's like three D designs for the meeples if you want to get them like three D printed one day. So like it's just super exciting. I think it's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll put links to the BGG listing and the print and play um, options and the expansion on TTS in the description. Yeah. And it's also pinned in the uh, Woodland War Machine channel on the Good Time Society Discord. All right. And well, I know why all of you have come here to listen to this podcast. And that's to yes. get the update on the Community <laughs> Plays Root game. Yes, 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 yes. Huge moves. Huge moves. All right. Well, our game is over. That's. I just want to start by saying that our game is like completely over. So you're the birds. Yeah. 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 It's been. It's been all of uh, everyone against us for at least the last like week. Mm-hmm. Is this an update or just a? Uh, no, this is him playing the game. This is an extension of table talk right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was worried about. Is like we, I don't know how much we should be table talking, given that like there's table talk already happening, and are we betraying? The, the okay, team? I guess no, let's no. just give a what brief we talk update. about. Almost has no impact on what happens on the board. All right, we are merely reporters well, late too, yeah. that are biased for a team. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Your game's over, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, completely ended. Everyone's just trying to tank our our, our situation. It's yeah. very unfortunate. So sorry. So sorry. Uh, well, so the crows sorry. continue to lead by like ten points. <laughs> <laughs> it's not ten points. It's seven points. But it's still, not that much. They're yeah, at we're... twenty, and no one else has crossed fifteen yet. <laughs> now, notably, we have no face down plots, uh-huh. so we're not scoring much next turn either. That is fair. That is fair. But you do have control of two hirelings and the tower. Didn't yeah, you I, give them the hirelings? No, the lizards okay. did. Yeah, what's yeah. up with the lizards? All I right? don't know what's going on with them. <laughs> They're unknowable. They took away four of our crows last turn and then handed us a hireling. And I'm not sure why, but I'm I'm fine with it. Like they, <laughs> they were the ones I've been most afraid of. I don't know if that my team feels the same way, but we've been sitting in their spot the whole time, and they're the least police like inclined, but. They haven't done next to nothing about it until now. Yeah, very mysterious. Very mysterious. What about uh, what about the Badgers, Sam? You guys? Oh, we're fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. we're, we're, we got something cooking. Don't worry. We're good. We're good. Um, Just to yeah. give a, a brief like description of what's their situation. They've got two Badgers <laughs> and a way station in the very top clearing way in the north. And then they've got two Badgers in a clearing all the way to the right uh, on the east of the board. And that's... That's it, right? And all of their relics are on the left side of the map or the middle, <laughs> They're right? so far away. Yeah, a, a way you could say that is, like, we already got the other relics. Like, yes. You know. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> They've got all the relics in their area. Right. And anywhere near their area. I do see, like, a potential for a lot of points, but we have to move. We have to get yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the retinue's looking good. So I, I honestly think that we're going to have a, something to say before the end of this game, but... Uh, we do need to make sure the crows don't win it before that happens. Yeah, completely reasonable. Um, it's uh, the wood, the street band, the popular band mm-hmm. is just gumming up the works right now. Mm-hmm. They are so scary. <laughs> oh, let me remind people what that does actually, since we haven't even got to them in the old uh, tournament World Cup. Yeah. It's the street band, which is that enemies cannot move from a clearing with a band warrior on the same turn they moved into it. Additionally, once in daylight, the owner 
places a band warrior in any clearing. So they're they're like a, a, a temp snare, kind of, a little bit. Exactly, yeah. If you move into that clearing, you get stuck there. You have to listen to the music, uh, which is great, <laughs> or just like fine or whatever, unless you are a faction that has a program that requires you to move. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I they're feel brutal you, for bird you. brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's been really nice because lizards don't really want to move. Yeah, yeah. lizards don't care. They yeah. do not care. They love that. Uh, it really feels like in this game, the faction that's the most like mysterious and chaotic isn't the corvids; it's the lizards. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's very interesting, very fascinating. Well, also, it's like we don't have a lizards team representative on the podcast, so oh, I feel yeah, like I'm like, fair. what are they thinking? Like, what, what is going on? Thinking? Well, Not that they're, they're doing bad; they're doing too. really well. But no, they're in second. They have 13 points. Crows have 20, and then uh, badgers and birds are currently tied at uh, 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're tied at 11. We're tied for last place. So I don't know why you guys are coming after me so much. <laughs> we're coming after you specifically. Yeah, well, it feels pretty personal. So. <laughs> Well, get some more units on the board, Kyle. You you have, like, what, nine cards in move or something? Yeah, I know. We've, our card draw has been very bad. <laughs> Five cards. But well, still. you know what could help that card draw is a mmm tortilla. Yum, delicious, yes. Which is going to bring us right into the second half of Group B in the Hireling World Cup. Uh, we got to get you guys uh, more familiar with the World Cup. Um, that's not the music for the World Cup. Okay. Maybe uh, in your country. <laughs> that's true. Um, okay. So let's talk. This week we are talking Riverfolk Flotilla, also known as the Tortilla, the Warm Sun Prophets, and the Highway Bandits. Yeah. All right. Oh, man. There's some really cute... Uh, meeple's going on I, uh, this, <laughs> this is, episode. This group might have the hardest conversation for best meeple. Oh, they're all so grabbable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Should we just get into this? Jake, what's up with the Riverfolk Flotilla? The Riverfolk Tortilla <laughs> setup. Place the Flotilla Pawn in a clearing on the map edge and river. Then ongoing, the flotilla cannot be battled or removed. In battle, the flotilla can roll up to three hits. Then at the start of the birdsong, first, each player with faction pieces at the flotilla may draw a card. Mm -hmm. Second, you must move the flotilla along the river, ignoring rule. Then the flotilla may battle. So this thing is a card giving um, or swinging combat fest. What is this? It's It's a party boat. It's so interesting. It can't be killed. Okay, it's invincible. It can't even be battled. Right, right. You can't even battle it. Yeah. But it can battle you, and it can deal up to three hits. <laughs> it may, yeah, yeah, if it wants. And also, it has to move every turn, so it's just roving, doing damage. I mean, I really do see this as, as just like a boat full of like rowdy otters who just like roll up into a clearing and just jump out of the boat and just start smashing stuff. And then they're like, cards, anyone? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, uh, you know that scene in Return of the King where uh, Aragorn jumps off the boat and then it's like a bunch of ghosts that can't be killed come and save the day? It feels very similar because you can't battle these. Yeah, very good. But it's a bunch of ghosts with presents and give them all to the elves and dwarves as well. (laughs) Um, This is actually in the community game, not really to bring it back to that conversation. And it's been such a, like 
fun source of chaos because it's added so many cards into yes. players' hands. We're already ready yeah. to shuffle the discard, or haven't we already? Uh, we're about to. I think there's yeah. four cards left. And we're only in turn four? Five? Five. I do think the fact that it's called the tortilla does kind of evoke this image of like a food truck, which <laughs> is also kind of right for this yeah. for this hireling. Yeah. It is a violent Just food you can go, truck. If you are in the same clearing as it, you can gain a card, right? You get a present. Stand in line for a tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very cool hireling, and the meeple is impressive. I know we rated it as an S tier meeple when we it did really our meeple is good. tier rating. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. just as a reminder, it's like three otters and like a steamboat wheel or something. Or no, it's like a, a a captain's wheel, right? Yeah, yeah. And they just are grumpy and looking straight on, and they just slide <laughs> up and down the river. It's so cute. <laughs> I remember when we were choosing factions for this community plays root game, uh, we were like basing it partly on like, should we try and get River Folk Flotilla turn one? Oh, really? As the Badgers, we were, like, trying to, like, rig it so that we might be able to do it. Like, is it worth it? So we had the whole, uh, should you get, should you rush to get it conversation as a community for this one in this particular instance? Uh, What was the outcome of the conversation? Um, Eventually, we decided that we wanted to get our other things online more. Like, we had to safe delve. We could have risked it to get a card it would have depended on what we'd flipped for a relic, and we decided to keep it safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, badgers will love this. Birds would also love this, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, like just getting those cards rolling. I mean, it's everybody who loves cards. It's lizards and moles. Uh, obviously, this is good for everybody. We always say that for these guys. Yeah, but like this is where these are the these are the factions that really want to control it. Or conversely, if you're not playing those factions, you do not want to give it to. Right. Um, I think this is really good for lizards. Obviously, lizards, moles, all their card draw people, badgers. Badgers, it's super good for because they can also open up space for the badgers to get into. Same with the yeah, birds. That's true. Birds mm-hmm. don't have as much of a trouble with drawing cards um, or anything like that. Cats, this is really good for. We're trying to open up building slots. And then rats, it might be the best for maybe because we're super card poor. And then this meeple is just moving around and and hitting things. That's a good call. Obviously, it also helps counter the rats because it's a piece that literally can't be battled. Yeah, and it just sits in a clearing. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice that it'll go clean up oppression in your back line or something mm-hmm. when you're out rampaging elsewhere. Yeah. Who does it counter? Rats, obviously. We just said that. Yeah, rats. The vagabond, because the vagabond can't really do much with an extra card anyway, and we get to hit the vagabond for free is kind of oh, nice that's the best use of the tortillas yeah and specifically vagabond. like if you can rush the flotilla it early in the game a lot of those ruins clearings uh tend to be close to or on river clearings as well like right. they tend to sort of coexist uh so early in the game you're going to have some shots some openings to attack the vagabond which may be a consideration for the vb if they're in the game with the tortilla <laughs> you yeah. know, like hit those river clearings immediately and get out of there mm-hmm. yeah it, it seems like it might help counter like the moles or the lizards but i actually think that's a bad idea you if the tortilla goes into a stacked clearing it can only deal three hits right and then next turn those factions are going to draw a card mm-hmm. especially in the case of the lizards like 
you might get acolytes and a card right that's pretty good yeah like that might actually be beneficial rather than detrimental to your that's hand. a good point so um you got to be a little careful when it comes to flotillaing the moles or lizards they might be getting more out of it than uh, you are dealing damage to them. So I want to. Sorry, I want to jump back to a point really quick, which is the. I think the vagabond, if they are focused on it, could probably easily outmaneuver the flotilla. All you have to do is end your turn in the same clearing as the flotilla. <laughs> oh yeah, because right. then they just have to move the next turn. Like yeah. the vagabond is the most mobile faction, probably has an easy time dancing around this one. the The issue is, is like, does ending your turn in that clearing overlap with your strategic goals? It won't always. So, it, yeah. if if you if that's what you're focused on, it's probably easy to avoid. But it won't always be what you're focused on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be specifically vague. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of focusing on it, should we rush to get this thing? I would think so. Yeah, it seems like one that's decent for rushing for it. If you can get a free card and hit another faction. On, like, turn two? Like, that feels really good. If it's you... so interesting, the point you made about the lizards, though, is that when, once it starts rolling, it gives everybody who's in its space a free card. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's kind of the that's the weight you give it. Because it's one of the, it's I think, maybe the only um, hireling that kind of, like, has a, a beneficial effect for non-owners. It, mm. True. Yeah, that it is have an interesting. So quality. you're triggering it early. Also gives potential for an early help for other players. Mm-hmm. But that's like just a just an added variable into this decision, you know. Yeah. But I think yeah, generally get go for it. This one's this one's so fun too. Uh, like it it definitely it can increase your options so quickly. Mm-hmm. I guess it also depends on like where everybody is along the river yeah. and where this has started out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing to keep in mind as well is that the card draw effect won't take place until this hireling has been hired. Oh, that was the conversation we had. <laughs> that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it triggers at that point, right? I didn't realize that. Yeah. And but that that's you can use that information to actually help you interact with this card, which is just take one warrior, if you're the kind of faction that can do something like this, or a piece. And just place it in the clearing where the flotilla starts, mm-hmm. and just you're good. As soon as somebody hires the flotilla at their next birdsong, you're going to be drawing an extra card. Yeah. You just need one faction piece in the same clearing as the flotilla to draw that card. And wherever it starts, you know that any faction that has presence in that clearing is going to be drawing a card as soon as it gets back around to the player who hired uh, the flotilla to mm-hmm. start. So even if you can't rush this hireling specifically, you can rush the card that this hireling will provide. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah, yeah. Who who would you give this to? Like just the person in last place, like the all person in the last place. Yeah, <laughs> unless it is. I mean, it kind of depends. Like if it's a slow last placer, I don't know. Like if the Badgers are kind of sluggish in the beginning, it feels like not something you still want to give it to them. For. Right, right. <laughs> I'd rather give it to somebody else. Yeah. Maybe it's the same with moles. If they the moles didn't get a aren't getting there, yeah, I would start. not give it. To I still moles. want not get to give it to them. Yeah, but anybody else, I suppose, last place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fascinating puzzle because it it hurts and helps. Yeah, factions. It's great. What are some combo cards with it? All right. Well, if we're talking about card draw, 
We got better Burrow Bank. You could get two free cards at the beginning of Birdsong. It'd be pretty Oof. great. Um, swap meet is interesting. You actually have to swap. No, you have to do this first. You have to draw the card, and then you swap meet. The this happens on the owner's Birdsong, right? Swap meet happens on your Birdsong. Yes, correct. So you okay. you would get the card from Flotilla outside of your turn, kind of before right. your turn, right? Oh, yeah. We're assuming we don't have the flotilla. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've yeah, yeah. hired the flotilla, then you are drawing the extra card during your bird song. Right. And, and then you would you swap me. Swap me crafted, then you'd use that next. Yeah. Right. Um, propaganda Bureau, right? You get a free mm-hmm. card, and then you can use that free card to convert a warrior. That seems totally. pretty good. Informants, you're already drawing a card, so then you could use your informants to get an ambush from the discard pile instead. And, so, you- and notably, this is even if you, if it's if it's not your turn, you can still use informants, right? Or is that only on your turn? Informants is when you would draw cards in evening, so you in can't evening. you can't use uh, informants on this card draw. But what you can do is use this as a card draw and then use informants and it's not as bad of a cost because you already got a free card. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And then coffin makers. We got free battles. We can rack up some extra Mm, dudes here. Now, granted, it's not as good as a normal battle because in a normal battle, we're losing meeples on both sides, most likely. Uh, And we're never going to lose a meeple from the flotilla, but uh, it can cause some damage that can, you know... uh, you know, put some bodies in those coffins. It can deal three hits. You know, yeah. that's not always true of all battles. So that's yeah. good. And for coffin makers, that effect takes place at start of birdsong. Right. So as the active player, you would get to choose the order in which these things happen. Right. Now, as soon as you start the flotilla, you'd have to complete both actions. Yeah. Both one and two. But you can choose whether coffins triggers first or second. So if you're one meeple away from getting another point for coffins... Do the battle first. Right. If it's not going to happen, do coffins first and then just start stocking them. Yeah. With this battle. Get, get yeah. things off to a good start. <laughs> and then boat builders. Okay, I added boat builders here at the end. Here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so the flotilla is going to be zipping up and down the river, right? Yeah, yeah. And those uh, kind of camp followers that want to just draw a card on their turn. Yeah. I would think the having boat builders crafted means that you get to most efficiently um, yeah. follow around this cute little menace in order to draw cards. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, we kind of talked about the special teams here. The only thing I could figure out is like, if you're using it on the lizards, you might be giving them more than you're taking from them. If you kill two ac- you know, two lizards, they become acolytes. If you don't have a plan to follow up on that attack and like take out some gardens... yeah then what you've done is given them two acolytes and a card draw. They can replace one of those immediately with one of the cards in their hand if provided mm-hmm. it matches. But, you know, I would take that every day. Like, lose a lizard, gain two acolytes, and draw a card. Yeah, Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. You As the lizards, you couldn't use this to battle yourself if it was so <laughs> beneficial. You know what I mean? You're right. Like, you're not allowed to do that. Dream on, yeah. Dragon God. Um... <laughs> Maybe someone we missed on the whole who does this help counter situation is a little bit of the Corvid conspiracy because it gives everybody a card to maybe another ammo for exposure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad 
thing too. Yeah. Thank also, you. three hits is like that's all the crows, and they're yeah, like yeah. embedded agents. And the embedded hits doesn't, doesn't matter. Do anything. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. a good counter. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, too. Jake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Overall, though, I think we're gonna give this one three out of three tortillas. <laughs> All right, three I'm out of three hungry. tortillas. Yeah. Uh, love it. We're moving on to the Warm Sun Prophets. So what a legendary mm. name. Yeah, Kyle, yeah. you said that last time. What do, you, what do you mean by that? I just, this to me feels like a grunge band or something. Ooh. <laughs> like, I don't know. This is, It's really just a, it's a very, like, pleasing name. <laughs> don't call me Warm Sun. <laughs> They're a grunge band that references their own name. <laughs> to remind me. Yeah, it's the song Warm Sun Prophets off the album Warm Sun Prophets. By Kill the band. me and make me an acolyte. <laughs> warm, warm sun, won't you come? There okay. it is. <laughs> yeah, they feel like the coolest faction when, that you would meet in the Root RPG, right? Warm Sun Prophets. They feel mm. like they're going to help you the most. They do Wait. feel like a real... Um, presence in the world of like right. an RPG or something. Yeah. When we first got like, when we were first starting to play test, when we got the materials, I remember seeing this meeple, the Warm Sun Prophet meeple, and I freaked out. I think I sent like screenshots to you and you, Jake. I think Kyle was there. We were like looking at, it. we were just like freaking out about <laughs> the fact that there are new lizard meeples and the tongue was sticking out and we were just. It's it's absolutely wild the, <laughs> the way they look. It's great. They are classic tongue out lizard, but these guys are holding a tome. <laughs> the Warm Sun Prophets set up. Place a prophet warrior in each clearing with a ruin. I assume there are four, uh, Sam? That's correct. Always. When you take control of them, if no prophet warriors are on the map, place a prophet warrior in any clearing. Then, once in daylight, choose any player, even yourself, with faction pieces in a clearing with a Prophet Warrior. Force them to battle there, or force them to move as many pieces as they can from there to a clearing you choose, and battle in a destination if you want. You choose the Defender. Or, and this is or, so that's one option of the first in daylight. This is the second option. Place a Prophet Warrior in a clearing without one. It's essentially a crusade. Yeah, it's right. like false orders meets a crusade. <laughs> yeah, and you get to choose the combatants. Yeah. The, the wild thing is that choose the defender thing, because you can even move pieces from a clearing with a warm sun prophet warrior into an adjacent clearing and have those pieces you just moved be the defender in a battle. No, I don't think so. That's not based on what I just read, right? Look. Choose any player with faction pieces in a clearing with a Prophet Warrior. Force them to battle there or force them to move as many pieces as they can from there to a clearing you choose and battle in the destination if you want. So that sentence is... You choose the defender. Yes, but the previous sentence, force them. So the subject of the sentence is them to battle there or force them, still the same subject, to move as many pieces as they can from there to a clearing you choose and battle. So they must battle. Therefore, if they are initiating the battle... They, they are the, are the attacker? attacker. Yes. I think Jake is correct on this. It's a confusing at yeah. first glance, yeah. for sure. Also, yeah. if, we're, if we're wrong, I'd love to know that, too. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'm not wrong. No, that's right. That's oh, right. you mean if we are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
we've we've pointed out that some of the wordings on these hirelings they don't match as well as some of yes, the factions. there is inconsistency yeah that's true so i don't know it seems like just the fact like you choose the defender is the last sentence feels so important well, um, you have to choose the defender because if you're moving someone else's right. pieces, yeah, who would choose the defender otherwise? It's not yeah. that other player's turn. Yeah. And they would choose you <laughs> if you were in that clinic, <laughs> you know? So it makes sense. You have to choose the defender. Yeah. Okay. But we're burying the lead here. We're getting into the Sam antics of all this, but I want to get into how the fact that this thing is absolutely game-breaking. <laughs> we have four clearings on the map that just have false orders as like a passive ability that's true you know i i downplayed the false orders nature of it and said it was a crusade but the false orders nature of it is crazy yeah and, and as much as we love that card obviously the fact that you can kind of do it where uh where a profit is is pretty fun and yeah. that it ends with an instigate yeah yeah <laughs> right it's this is a phenomenal ability you also get to choose the defender like yeah you can basically just take an enemy group of warriors in a clearing where you want them to leave and make them march somewhere else and battle another opponent like this this is an insane value this is so much more powerful than the lizard cult you know what i mean (laughs) yeah it's like if crusade cost nothing and (laughs) you could force your opponents to do it to each other (laughs) so good and it feels very thematic in terms of like, oh, there's a cult and it's like kind of like running things in the background or whatever. Yeah, it's hypnotized a, a, sm- a squadron to like. <laughs> <laughs> to fight to their death. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, notably, unlike the flotilla, which you kind of talked about, the lizards can't make it attack themselves. This technically, they can make other faction pieces attack themselves, right? Uh, yeah. Yes, you yes. could make if an got... opponent's faction target your faction. Yes, I, you wouldn't be the lizard, so you wouldn't want that. But like, you, could, you're... you could organize some kind of ambush thing. Yes, you really well, that, could. That's what I'm yeah, it's like you 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 have a, that option. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So let's start talking about who this is good for. Obviously, it's good for everybody. It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> but who's it good for? It's going to be good for birds. You know, getting people out of a clearing that you need to go build into. Uh, cats, same oh my God. reasoning. Incredible for cats. So good for cats. Um, otters, same situation. If I'm walking around with an otter ball of death, let's weaken up the defenses. Vagabond, forget about it. Oof. Badgers, rats, basically anyone who's going to come in battle. Clear the way. Yeah, these guys are so good for I can't believe you didn't mention the Woodland Alliance, man. Like, this really helps, like, first they trigger outrage by making the move happen. And then they can battle someone who's bothering you. Wait, but when you force someone to move, don't you pay the outrage? Ah, the the age-old question (laughs) of who is really in control. (laughs) I this is this is my gripe about the rules is is control when under an effect because it's inconsistent as well. I think you might be right. I think you as the active player. I remember it's in the funny thing. It's, it's like a funny rule. Any weird things I should know about? Yes. <laughs> so the alliance's outrage that says when a player moves in these cases, the ability triggers even if a player moves hireling warriors or uses hirelings to remove something. Okay. For example, so you could move hireling warriors you control using the fairy, and you would draw a card, but you could not move any warriors on the fairy later on the same turn. Okay, but what about outrage? 
I feel like I always get this just precisely wrong. <laughs> well, because outrage is so specific too. It outrage sentences when another player okay. moves Here it warriors, is. right? 16.4.3 subsect 7. Weird stuff. Oh right, yeah. weird stuff, yeah. If you move a hireling with the fairy, you draw you do draw a card. If you move a hireling into a clearing with an alliance sympathy token or remove an alliance sympathy token, uh, by using a hireling, it does trigger outrage. Wait, that didn't. That didn't, it didn't help because didn't it, it, it triggers outrage. But like, if it says if you move hireling warriors, this forced is effects. If, okay, all right. Uh, rule two point one point one subsect one. <laughs> if you are prompted to discard or give cards of an no no that's not it. Oh, use of force. Okay. Uh, 1.5.5, use of force. Uh, some effects let you force a player or their pieces to act. Resolve this exactly as if that player were choosing to do this as limited by the effect. For example, if you force the Eerie to move there. warriors, they yes. benefit from Lords of the Forest. Okay, so it's because it's forcing them to do it, you will trigger outrage with it, and they will be forced to give them a card or... Right? Yeah. Because the In language case, on Warm Sun Frostbit, it's force. I feel like we used to know this. Well, we do. We now know it. Okay. I mean, you, you just answered yeah, it. Yes. And okay. here's why as well. Because in the previous uh, rule, E.3.6, <laughs> no scoring from removal, there is a specific caveat about the Worm Sun Prophets. Okay. So no scoring from removal. A hireling's controller does not score victory points if their hireling removes an enemy piece, usually in battle. However... Players can still score points by removing hireling buildings and tokens, even when defending in battle against the hireling. Players still score as normal if the Warm Sun Prophets force that player's faction pieces to battle. So it stands to reason, if they're right. going to be able to score points from the battle, then they should also be liable for outrage. the outrage if their faction pieces are the ones moving. Oh, weird. So that's an interesting... There's very few things in Root where you can earn points not on your turn. Mm-hmm. But I guess that is one of them, huh? Okay, yeah. Someone's going to devise a devious puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> so just to be clear with this whole, like, who's use of force and in control thing, the exception to this rule is honestly false orders, right? Which is that right. you're moving the warriors, quote, as if you were that player. But you are not that player. You are still yourself, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so so as if you were that player is just, is just there for... Uh, I was going to say giggles, but really confusion. Um, yeah. But it's you're moving those warriors. So you pay outrage when it comes to false orders. Correct. I think so. But this is force. The yes. Word force because the this. use of, because the word force is in Use this, of okay? force. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Great. So who is it good for? We talked about that. All the people that want to come and battle stuff. I think we named them all for sure. I mean... I think crows also would really benefit from this for clearing out um, threats to their plots. Oh, just like, yeah, I mean, sure. But, like, not specifically. Like, Well, same with Vagabond, not specifically. Why is well, this Vagabond better for Vagabond? Well, Vagabond is trying... They need to get those cardboard points. I mean, I guess crows do, too. I don't know. I don't know. You're it right. does feel like it helps pretty pretty equivalently across the board because it's such a, like, 
strong and good ability. <laughs> like everyone benefits from it by weakening their opponents. Yeah, everybody benefits from making their opponents fight each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and repositioning. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you, I guess it is truly great for X. But when we ask who it's good for, we're saying who like above and beyond. So right. I, I think I think you made a good point with cats. For mm-hmm. sure. Specifically for cats, because they care so much about ruling clearings yes. Yes. and specific positioning is of great concern to them. So even if it's like you get to save one or two cats on a march yeah, to, to control a specific clearing, to extend your wood network by like getting rid of somebody in a clearing, this is very, very handy. I think them and, and definitely rats are a huge benefit too, because it can clear out, it can make oppression really possible in a ton yeah. of clearings all of a sudden. And to be clear, it's not false orders where you move half. It's like you move as many pieces <laughs> oh my That's that as you can. Bring up. It's yeah. so crazy. No, no, but like listen to this language. Force them to battle there or force them to move as many pieces as they can from there. This is like clear oh. out. This also uber counters the birds, man. So if like the birds oh, yeah. are stuck with a recruit somewhere or something or like a move where they can't. If they have a suited recruit. Yeah. At Don't all. do suited recruit this, with this in ends their yeah. decree immediately. Because you yeah. just make them, all the birds leave, and it's just an empty roost. Very takeable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is a cardboard exposing menace. All right, so we're talking about it. It counters the birds, okay? Yeah. Counters the moles. All Ooh, these people that want to sit gross. on their precious buildings. Yeah, lizards. No, oh, wait, they are lizards. Cats. And a uh, vagabond. Right? Yeah. Just just moving the Vagabond around, having them get into extra fights. That's feels good. brutal. <laughs> but the Vagabond is going to score points from that. But you can actually change their hostile status. You can. That's with their relationship track. You really you know? can. That's, That's so wild. insane. <laughs> They're like almost up to ally. They're about to get a bunch of points. And you're just like, sorry, you fight them now. That's huge, actually, isn't it? It could be. The fact that the Vagabond can score points outside of their turn from Infamy... <laughs> Well, they can't actually. They will get the normal cardboard points, but infamy actually has to be scored on your turn. Now that I think it about it, has to be on your turn. Right? Okay. So this Oof. really counters vagabond in a hard yeah. way. Yeah. Nice. Because they're still going to get damaged items and such. And oh man, that feels like you need to have a full copy of the most updated Law of Root next to you when you're going to play <laughs> <laughs> with the Warm Sun Prophets. I love it. Just have the Syria <laughs> tab open. <laughs> The fact that you can undermine his ability to become, like, allied with a faction is pretty crazy. Just yeah. in one turn, you can just do that. Yeah. Right? That's nuts. Oof. Should you rush to get it? It's hard to say. I thought this one got more powerful as it goes, but I forgot that they start in the ruins. They start on the board. All four of these guys. Yes. So, maybe... It also is going to get better later just because, like, infrastructure is going to be built... And then this matters more, you know, like, wait, what's your, what do you mean? They're, just because their positioning is so good. What do you mean? Uh, so what I mean is like on the second turn of the game, if you rush to get this, yeah, are you going to be able to do something cool with it? Like, I don't think that people are going to be set up in a position. Warriors aren't going to be in position to like move and devastate someone the way we've been theory crafting. But I'm going to give the counter argument here. Okay. Think about the placement of the Worm Sun Prophets at the beginning of the game. They're on ruin clearings. Yeah. Now, ruin clearings tend to be pretty central. They tend to be clearings that have multiple building slots. Mm-hmm. Um, not always. Um, but they, they're usually like in 
good spots, like key clearings. Even on something like the lake map, it's like they're adjacent to the lake. They've got right. multiple build, build slots going on. I would say at the beginning of the game, you basically just get to like push everyone to the, or like push one faction to the edge of the board that's trying to gain central space, which could um, really set back somebody's kind of progress or like their strategy early on. I mean, think about if you're like playing against the keepers or something and they've got like a way station set up and they want to like cross the map Well, you're just like, nope, go back to the edge. Right. Like, I, I really do think that this could have an impact early in the game in that specific way, like positionally. Um, it even if it's force not, them like, to move tactical. as many pieces from there, move pieces. Yes. I mean, I think I think they I assume they have to be able to like do they, so they would take relics rule, as well. Right. Well, they would they could take relics, but they like could take relics. But you can't then, move a building, right? You can't move a building. No. It's just well, as like, they can. The... I do think it might specifically be relics. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if relics could be moved with them because that's only something the badgers could do, right? No, they they can be. Is it say as if you were that player? No, it says force. Force them is... to move as many pieces as they can from there to a clearing you choose. What is the wording on how a relic moves? Wow. Okay. Okay. When you <laughs> Everybody... move, you're moving warriors and pawns. Okay. All right. Just double checking that you can't do. Like we did it before. It's with use of force because we are forcing them. Mm-hmm. Resolve this exactly as if that player it was choosing to do this. Right. So you could choose to move relics. You wouldn't. You wouldn't choose to do that, <laughs> but you could. I believe. It's under devout knights. Uh, it's fifteen point two point four. When moving. The keepers may move one relic with each keeper warrior that ah, they move. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Yeah. But it is a may, okay. so I guess you could choose leave it not behind. to bring it as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, that's what you would choose every time. <laughs> yes, super Most counter likely. for them. Wow. I, I think even more of an argument for what Kyle is saying could be made in simply that, like, just because they're not in a powerful mode to go be devastating yet, is a great time to hit everybody or make everybody hit each other. This is when people are kind of in their most vulnerable before the real fighting begins is the first couple turns. So anyone making an advance or starting to like claim clearings, they're doing it with few warriors at this point. All the more reason to stop their momentum early on. I think this is one absolutely you rush for. It, this also could even distort the board a bit if you are if you control the Warm Sun Prophets and everyone knows the power that you can wield with it, they might think twice about building in a central clearing even if they want to like they may take the scenic route i think that's the best argument I've and heard. also i don't know also just the fact that as soon as someone else gets it you're probably going to be in a battle like <laughs> you yeah. should get it <laughs> yeah i think I, the, yeah i think you're right preventative it makes a lot of sense because at the beginning people don't tend to start in those central clearings sometimes no. they do maybe they've got a piece but like Critical infrastructure is hardly in one of those central clearings on turn one or turn two. That's yeah. true, but like, but like uh, but you said, Kyle, it prevent it, it's going to make people think twice before building in that clearing, and maybe that's where they want to go. So, and specifically, if you're like the cats or something, it's like you want to make sure your keep is not in no <laughs> a yeah. clearing with a, a a ruin, unless you false orders <laughs> the hireling. <laughs> into the keep clearing oh man that's next level that'd be amazing <laughs> okay uh we did a lot of good counter 
counter chat there, and we're talking about rushing it. Um, and it seems like y'all want to rush it. That makes sense. I don't know. It's just terrifying in everyone else's hands. Is yeah. Another reason. Yeah. Yeah. But if you rush it, you will have it most likely for the least. I know the shortest time. amount of time, but like you can at least clear. The, at your, least you the get path. it for turns. There's no guarantee you get it at all. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, you could make some progress in the center of the board at least. Yes. Yeah. Keep people out. Uh, all right. So some card interactions here. Uh, y'all heard of this one? It's called ambush. Yeah. This is big. Ambushes works really well with this. Um, You can make yourself the defender and ambush, or you could just, you know, you see an ambush in the otter's hand and you make somebody fight the otters, you know? Um, There's lots of ways that uh, ambush can be very effective with this card. Wow. For such a cute meeple and a cute card, this is a gruesome ability. (laughs) Yeah. And then Partisans, for a similar reason, just being able to do extra hits in these battles is pretty wild. Now, hold on. I can't force someone to use Partisans, can I? No. But you could I'm battling as if I was that player. You can't force them but to I use their... Not, yeah, you're battling. You're not using their cards. Um, right, right. But you, if you had Partisans and wanted to deal an extra hit, you could make yourself the defender and ambush them. <laughs> <laughs> like a double whammy. That's so that's the, way, that's the way you could use Partisans. Yeah. Delete an army. Or if you just know <laughs> someone would do it because they don't have any fox card, or they don't have a hand or something like right. that, you know? So you know that's there as an option. God, yeah. I can just feel like this card it would be so good in for table talk. Yeah. I've, you know I've played I mean? with this one twice. And it it's been effective, but I've never seen it be like, whoa, because people are scared of it. Right. They you people know? kind of tiptoe around those clearings a bit, I imagine. Right. Yeah. Or yeah, it's need... like, oh, I've got this for three turns. I'm going to move through these ruined clearings in these three turns and then be done. Right, right, yeah. Kind of a hot potato. Yeah. But like a warm potato. <laughs> <laughs> Some special teams here. Uh, when we're sending people into fight, uh, think about guerrilla warfare. That's going against huge. the Wooden Alliance. Yeah, jeez. Also with the outrage there, that's double bad. Um, devout knights we could send them in to to a big old armored badger pile uh embedded agents is going to deal an extra hit uh also scorched earth you could move everybody into a clearing and then torch it <laughs> that's <Jeez>. monstrous <laughs> um, you know this special team thing kind of brings me back like it did last time to who does this help counter we kind of didn't talk about how it could really quash the alliance because they get their three warriors and you're just like hmm I'm going to move yeah. all of them out of your base area. Yeah. Again, this is your good for everybody and bad for everybody. <laughs> yeah. It counters everybody and it helps everybody. Yeah. I really do feel like this specifically hurts the Alliance in, yeah, in a big right. way. Yeah. Because they want to be in the middle of the map. For They want for to have their that. bases in the middle of the map yeah. mm-hmm. for most effectiveness. Yeah. At least one of them. And uh, this just... <laughs> you got to find a better Brutal. clearing. You know, like, you're, you're suddenly you're... Uh, range of viable clearings to set up a basin just got a lot smaller mm-hmm. and oh man i can just imagine like starting a game and being like well as long as we don't allow any sympathy in like these two central clearings then they'll have to be around the warm sun prophets to be fair though when they revolt they would destroy the prophet there Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah they, you about. can battle a prophet and there's only ever one in a clearing 
unless right. they false orders. But that's a really good point that y- your revolt would kill off the prophet, so you have to get a prophet back in there for that to be specifically a problem. But Exactly, like, which you can do during daylight. Yes. But, but also going doing the cool the thing. The big thing, yeah. 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 It would be uh, a kind of a trade-off. So, yeah, maybe maybe the alliance would be okay. But This uh, classic tale as old as time with Root. We're like, look at this lizard-woodland alliance interaction. It's so wild for both people. And they're like, actually, woodland alliance is okay in this. <laughs> <laughs> they're fine. Works out better for them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so I think we're going to give this one four out of four squiggly tongues. Okay. So Big time. both of yeah. these factions have gotten... Their full Man, rating. Also, just an incredibly grabbable maple as well. Just like yes. the, the ridges on the back of the Warm Sun Prophet's little heads. So cute. Yeah. So cute. So grabbable. Um, speaking of grabbable and maybe not so grabbable, we've got some highway bandits, Jake. Highway bandits. During setup, place two bandits, one each, on a path without one. Then ongoing, when an enemy moves on a path with a bandit, they must remove one moving piece or damage one item, if you're the Vagabond. Additionally, an ongoing effect for the controller, when you move on a path with a bandit, you may place a warrior in the destination clearing. Then, once in daylight, place a bandit on a path without one, linked to a clearing with your faction pieces. If no bandits are in the supply, you may remove one in order to place it. Sam, how many bandits are in the game? Four. Great. This is awesome. I've also played with this one, and this one has some fun interactions. And the only time I've ever had to stop an IRL game of Root to ask the internet, like, how does this work, (laughs) has been because of the Highway Bandits. Uh, And we'll get to that in special teams. But kind of like free recruits and negative recruits, depending on if you control the Highway Bandits or not. Yeah, this one is interesting. This one kind of gives you a little buff, and then it's also like a little bit of a uh, detriment, like a little nerf mm-hmm. if you're moving through it. It's like a bit of a tax, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you don't control this hireling and you're moving around a lot, this could be a lot of attrition. And it's just like really annoying to lose a warrior when you're going into a clearing. The margins are so razor thin in root that like even one warrior can make yeah, a big difference. It's a lot. And on the same coin, or on the other side of that coin is that, you know... It's the same coin. (laughs) It's just the other side. I'll just say on the same coin then. (laughs) On the same coin. (laughs) Adding a warrior is so much of a difference. And you can do it not just like once in daylight. You do it when you move through there. If you own these as the birds and you go back and forth or go like around, you're just building, recruiting more warriors as you go. All right, so let's say that the Warm Sun Prophets are in the game and they force you to move along a path that has a bandit that you control. <laughs> Would you gain a warrior wait, going into that clearing? Wait, 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 They're wait, two wait. promoted. Well, you could do it in a three-player game. In a three-player game. Also, lots of great chat on the Discord this week about the difference between promoted and demoted hirelings. Um, oh, yeah. Because remember when we we're like, oh, wait, these demoted ones have some pieces. Mm-hmm. Well, what's up with that? You know? Well, you said that. I did say it. I said, yeah. hey, what's up with that, you know? <laughs> um, and we were kind of talking like, well, maybe the difference isn't as like, doesn't matter as much as we thought. And I was kind of likening it to reach. Like, I remember being like, no, if it doesn't equal 21, then you you can't play it. It doesn't work. And then like, people would be like, oh, you can go down to 18. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> 
and like yeah it just kind of like what kind of game do you want to have like uh so i feel like there could be more space in our games for like promoting more than we quote unquote should for the hirelings mm. um but yeah anyway well in uh, that regard though if we had them both in the game right question your kyle kyle your question was like if you had the warm and profits to move in <laughs> who are you yeah, moving the- with the warm and profits you so let's say that the warm and profits choose you the controller of highway bandits let's say you're the the duchy or something okay Duchy moves along a path that has a bandit into a destination clearing mm-hmm. in order to battle somebody else. You would gain a warrior, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> false orders, I guess, then work, would beg the question. False yeah. orders would work the exact same. Right. Man, this, I mean, this is just great. I love it, things that interact with the paths. This is like the first thing that really is placed on a path. The first root piece that's paced on a path, and really the only thing that really matters with paths, other than covered paths, which does beg the question: Can you place them on a covered path? I don't think it's a path until it's uncovered. That's not true because it does separate the forest. Ooh, touche! Sixteen point two point three subsect <laughs> two closed paths. Okay. <laughs> A path is covered with a closed path marker is a closed path. Clearings linked by them are not adjacent, and pieces such as highway bandits cannot be placed on closed paths. Oh, they updated oh. this. You have to have that out, folks. Dang. Uh, closed paths and closed divide force. Okay, yeah. Okay, interesting. So you can't play them on a closed path. That makes sense. Nice. All right, so who is this good for? <laughs> We've we've been really consulting the manual a lot today. Okay, <laughs> I think this is really really extra good for the Eerie dynasties since they have a tendency to move before they battle. I say a tendency, basically always, um, which means that you can kind of charge up your um, your eventual warrior count before you go into those those battle sections, uh, and you can even program yourself to toggle back and forth between two clearings that are connected by a path with a highway bandit. I've seen this happen a lot, uh, kind of in more mature decrees that have like lots and lots of cards and move. Uh, but sometimes you just got to send one warrior back and forth a little bit to like <laughs> fulfill your decree. And if you're not in danger of turmoiling from the lack of recruitment, uh, you could just g- gain some warrior presence. It's amazing. I also think this is great for badgers because they care about ruling those clearings. And what better way to rule than to just gather additional warriors this also means you could potentially save a card and not have to recruit that's what I was which means thinking. that yeah. that card is going into your retinue at the end of your turn i mean Very same handy. with the decree right like you might not have to double recruit you might get away with a single recruit every turn if you're moving through these paths the margins Very are so much better for the badgers as well like comparatively that's mm-hmm. really cool one warrior is a lot for them uh this is pretty broken for crows Oh my god, this is horrible. You can send one crow through the bandits, get another crow, and then plot there. And it's like it never costed you the warrior. (laughs) That's pretty good. It's pretty awesome. This is heinous for the crows. I I love it. uh, Pretty heinous for the Woodland Alliance. (laughs) (laughs) No. They move through it, they get an extra warrior, they organize there. If they can move... Or maybe they can, you know, they can start chaining up movements real easy. However, if the Woodland Alliance does not control this, 
it's really bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. you're almost never moving more than one warrior. Yeah, the, the, this locks the them down significantly. Yeah. These guys can't it's really be dealt with. They they exist out of clearings too. You cannot battle them. They're just there. So you could you could isolate with an alliance base. Well, I guess let's keep talking about who it helps before we mm-hmm. theorycraft about how to destroy the alliance. This was my <laughs> one. Cats. Yeah, cats are really interesting you because... You get two moves for one action. You just right, go boink, right. boink, that's two cats. And you can save a recruit yeah. daylight action potentially with that. You can just go sawmills and, and move. Now, this. listener, I don't know if you wow. heard it in his boink, boink, but he did one <laughs> direction and then the other. But the other thing to consider is that you could go boink, boink, which is that you could go with just some of your warriors in a move and then go with more of your warriors in the same move, then you have them all collected in the destination clearing mm. as well. Yeah, you're right. It's going to be right. a great assembly That's of cats. really good point. Wow. Well, because the thing is, is like in the cat situation, that means that, that that guy's there. He's on the path between probably what are two important cat clearings, imagine, if you're using that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> it's nice that it protects you while you have them, but then you're not going to have them forever. And so... Well, that's the thing. Cats don't move a ton. Yeah, yeah, that's anyway, true. Anyway, right? And they, they try to consolidate in the beginning before these guys are even online, ideally, right? Yeah. So, oh, man. This is really, really great for cats. Highway Bandits in the hands, in the in the paws of the cats is just a, like, green light for them to just move out onto the board. Yeah. Which could be kind of scary, you know, if they can start to build up a little bit of a force. Because w- once they stop controlling the Highway Bandits, like, they just don't want to move very much after yeah. that, probably. Because losing cats hurts. <laughs> I guess losing warriors in general hurts. But, like, specifically for cats, they just want to make sure they keep their numbers beefy so they can rule those clearings. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, anytime they have the green light to just gather warriors and move at the same time, super efficient. Love that call out. How? Oh, we have one more still. Yeah, and it's a doozy. We're talking about the otters. So you remember how the otters have to spend one of their funds to recruit? Mm-hmm. And then they don't get that fund ever again? Right. They could instead just commit it to move, and they get a warrior. And they can yeah. just do that as many times as they want. That's that's busted. Yeah. Well, are they generally moving? F- they're probably moving along a path that leads them away from the river too, but not that that's they the end of the world. They can just keep them all together. But they can but yeah, rule they can tour the from ball. the river, right? Yeah, yeah. If you have five funds and like enough warriors to toggle back and forth between two clearings, say like three or whatever, you could end the turn with eight otters <laughs> in one clearing. Like, that's just... it's <laughs> That's so great. Oh <laughs> you could just build the death ball for free. Yeah. And well, you can still build have the death all those ball and you have all those funds you use to build it. To use it. That, <laughs> that, yeah. That's oh the crazier God. part yeah. of it. Is that that's it's horrible. all... Your funds are retained by that. Yeah. This is so fun. I'm surprised we didn't mention the moles. Because the moles don't often have to go through paths very often. Right? Yeah. They kind of get the, uh, only a few really places. So when it's not in their control, they're probably not going to interact with it too much. Yeah. And then when it is in their control, wow, instead of one mole in that clearing that you got for swaying, you've got two. So you got a little bit of security there. Yeah, that's and true. There's like one lord that's just like take a move, and exactly. that's a move and a recruit, right? And so yeah. you have the options for it. Yeah. I think it's handy if the moles control it, but I also think that like they can kind of get around this as well yes. from by digging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't like super help them, but it doesn't hurt them at all to not have it either. Yeah. That's why it's right. good for them because that yeah. it being in the game doesn't really affect them much as well. Yeah, that's true. 
This kind of this haggling kind of acts like a um, okay. It's your turn to just move a bunch now, right? <laughs> kind of triggers that mindset a little bit for the faction owner mm-hmm. uh, or controller, rather. And th- th- I think it's fun. It's because some factions you really never get that kind of freedom during a game to just like do that kind of thing, like reposition. Um, or it feels like difficult or inefficient to do so, but this mm-hmm. really gives you a big green light to do that, and I think that's strategically really interesting and super fun. Now, does this? Would you say does this have an impact of like kind of deadening the movement of the other factions? I think we have to remember that there is only four of them, and we recently were rem- reminded that there's like upteen number of paths in the game. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like there's a bunch. Yeah, and also every time in daylight the player has an action, the controller has an action to place a warrior somewhere else close to them. So uh yes. I, I think we might I'm not saying we're over hyping how powerful this is, but I think we do need to be reminded that unlike the Warmsome Prophets, which are right in the center of the map or in crucial clearings, these guys can kind of be in a few spots. Yeah, there's some yeah. fluctuation. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I yeah. do like that that you were required to place a bandit on a path without one. Um, So you can't just keep it static. It has to kind of slowly Mm -hmm. evolve. Mm -hmm. I guess you could just flip back and forth between two paths. Is it you may or you have to? Oh, it says place. Once in daylight, place. Yes. Yeah. So you do. Okay, great. So yeah, it would kind of morph and move around a bit, I would assume. Um, And would you just place it close to your own faction pieces just to protect you? Yeah, depending on how many turns you got it for, or depending on if you're trying to, like, counter a faction, right? Maybe you're like, oh, I am going to specifically slow up someone's movement, you know? Yeah. You have to. You don't have to place them close to you. You can place yes. them wherever you Oh, wait, you have to place yes, them you adjacent do. to your Linked pieces. to a clearing their faction pieces. Yeah, you have to right. place it next to you. So you, the thing, that's what, it incentivizes you to, like, use them the second turn for that move thing that we talked about. Mm-hmm. I guess let me be more specific. Should, should you place it? In between, like, two clearings that you control? Or should you place it on the outskirts I of think, your I presence? I think between you control is actually a pretty smart play. Because then you just know that... Get get your stuff in position before you lose control. And then just totally. don't go there. Yeah. yeah. And then hopefully, honestly, somebody will just move him away when they, where they need it, you know? It's interesting. Could think about this, too, as, like, you could burn a bridge in a way, too. Like, if there's a particular path that leads into your position that you want to discourage yes. uh, some entry... You can, like, place it there instead. Oh, yeah, the winter map, you can, like, hold up in the north. Hit the chokes. Some bandit guards, yeah. Love that. I'm going back on my own advice. I think you actually do place it between yourself and an enemy, Kyle, because if you are using it as a protective thing, when you lose control of it, even though if you lose control of it to player B, C and D still are affected by its detriment, right? Mm -hmm. Totally. So it's still protective for you. That's fascinating. I Mm -hmm. love highway bandits. Yeah. Yeah. It really makes you think about... Uh, a different part of the map strategically and kind of like take that into consideration in such a fun way. All right. But who does this specifically harm? We we mentioned the Woodland Alliance in a big yeah. way. This harms. Yeah. Uh, the Vagabond, because the Vagabond cannot get any benefit out of it. They just lose an item when they don't control it. Oh, right? that's interesting. They have to damage an item. Yeah. <laughs> Sucker. Well, <laughs> he'll be slipping through for us anyway, but still. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's actually interesting, though, because it almost never makes sense to slip through a forest. You can usually just go through a clearing. Right, right. There's like very few situations where that matters. But with Highway Bandits, you could see the Vagabond having to math out their moves just Mm -hmm. a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. 
The other, well, the other two big ones are the birds and the badgers, the ones that need to move around the the map to get stuff done. Right? This sucks for badgers, you know. Or <laughs> if, if somebody else has it, you know, those margins, man. We talked about it. Like the badgers gaining it is amazing. The badgers losing it is detri- is huge. I'm just realizing even gaining it is like I guess you protect yourself from live off the land, but like if you get over a certain threshold of warriors, just dies you're anyway. gonna you're gonna die. It's gonna die anyway. The so new guy like, joins the party as they walk through the clearing, and then like, all right, well, listen, we don't have enough food to feed you, <laughs> so you're gonna have to just leave. Meats back on the menu, boys. Um, I think that like remember to remove his quills first, okay? Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to cut them just right because it's poisonous in the middle. I think the thing with badgers is like your margins are so thin, like you said, Jake, but like, and you have live off the land to deal with. Yeah. And you're still trying to rule a clearing. I'm like, oh. Live off the land is rich people problems, though. Like, I think <laughs> yeah. ruling the clearing it will be helped by this. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not. Yeah. yeah. This is great for badgers to own, but terrifying to go up against. Ugh. Yeah. Should you rush for it? Um, I would say that. Depends on the faction. Mm-hmm. Because early game, I can see this being super valuable to control for, like, the cats or mm-hmm. uh, the badgers. Would love to have this early game. Um, but late game, I would say it'd be great if you were, like, the Woodland Alliance or, like, the lizards or something. Mm-hmm. You know, any, any faction that just wants to, like, prevent other people from moving around or like give themselves a little advantage would prefer this later in the game. I mean, it's obviously better if there's all four bandits on the board and you have warriors and plenty of actions to move them around. You can probably take the most advantage of it. Right. Everybody wants more warriors. (laughs) That's that's a pretty (laughs) nice thing to have. I think that this one's interesting because the the only counter argument I can come up with, Sam, is that during daylight with highway bandits, you're required to place a bandit on a path. Mm -hmm. And that that's, that's not an either or thing. Like you just get to do that. Mm-hmm. So theoretically you could take advantage of it as soon as you gain control of this hireling. And you know, depending on what type of faction you're playing, like maybe you don't have a bunch of moves, but you probably have one. And so you could just place one bandit in a path that matters and gain your small advantage that way. Right. You're so right. Yeah. you can kind of edge it out. I don't think it's like hurt that hurtful to right. take control of this hireling early, but I think you're right that it's more powerful later yeah when you have it for longer it just doesn't seem like it's gonna like oh this is gonna really set me apart in the early game you know Mm -hmm. like is it good to have early of course but i I don't think like one warrior in a clearing or maybe two warriors in a clearing is going to be like i'm glad i threw off my scoring tempo to gain this board advantage you know okay sure here's what i'll say to counter that argument though is that i think this is where setup is very important yeah. Where those first two are, if that shuts down, you know, the potential for some one of your opponents to get their engine online because there's two highway bandits in a crucial way for them and they have to sacrifice a warrior to move through there. And they're like, I don't know, the birds or something. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. actually good to rush, not for your benefit, but to their detriment, mm-hmm. especially if they've chosen a side of the board that uh, doesn't have a, enough opposition to really handle them or something. So... I guess, I don't know. My, my point being is that I think this setup is so much more key to answering the rush question than any other uh, hireling, honestly. That's mm. a good point. So, it, Jake, let's say that you pull this hireling and you get to set them up at the beginning of the game. Oh. Where? Ooh. In a vacuum. Fa- I mean, so what faction am I? Do I think I can get it quickly? You don't know. Yeah, that's so true. You set up the hirelings 
if you're fourth player, right, fourth in turn order, you will set up the hirelings and you will choose faction first and set up first. Yeah, you don't, when you set up the hirelings, you don't know which factions are in. Yeah, I, well, then I don't know where I set them up. <laughs> I don't even know where Let I am. Let me give you an, uh, if a quick option. Player, you will get to choose the faction first and set up first. So you can be but like, I don't even I know what factions benefit. are in the game besides not these ones. Right, right. Would you rather, uh, let me just make it like a simple choice. Would you rather place them in paths that connect the center clearings of the board or paths that are like in the corners or along the edge? Probably in the, like a combination of the edge and the middle. I probably wouldn't put it. You get two. Yeah, exactly. So I'd do like one on the edge and one in the middle probably. And then I would probably not be there, I think, because the odds are I'm not going to get them first. Mm-hmm. There's about a, oh a twenty five percent chance I guess at this point oh, of the yes, setup as fourth seat. you go yeah. fourth yeah as fourth seat, oh yeah right. so even less that's a good point I guess it calculates oh, okay. down to seventeen point six I think if my calculations is correct so like I, right. yeah like the setup for these is always confounding when nothing's on the map yet but I understand what you're asking for I think it's to the yeah. detriment of other steps set away from it I'm I want to know what the most trafficked paths are on each map I would love to know that. That's well, the I'm challenge sure for the this lost. week. <laughs> this week's challenge traffic is patterns. just um, f- somehow log the traffic patterns of all games of Root and figure out which paths are the most traveled upon. Yeah, just have a red bar over the clearings that are the most, yellow over like medium traffic, and then green over just it's easy going. Yeah, yeah. To, um, to help with this, uh, the Root Browser app by JT has a feature where at the uh, the end of every game you play, you can generate a heat map that shows you which clearings Whoa. were traveled along the most. Dude, this guy's thought of everything on this project. It's really, really cool. It's very handy. The The data is amazing. I actually wonder if... I'm not sure if JT is like a listener of the pod, uh, but if there's like some data silo that all these games end up in, it'd be real interesting to know uh, what the kind of aggregate of all these heat maps for each map would look like oh you know you know he's feeding it into an ai to beat us all at root right that would be incredible yeah, that's the best case scenario it's for gonna sure. be in the winter <laughs> tournament i think yeah the table talk has been really buggy though <laughs> i will say um yeah I, so yeah again to reiterate this week's challenge is break into jt's information silo <laughs> and find out which paths are the most traveled upon love that all right so Probably don't rush to get Highway Bandits. Are there any kind of fascinating interactions with cards that we should think about? The only cards that really reference like Warriors are Propaganda Bureau, where I could spend a card to convert another warrior, furthering that warrior advantage you're gaining Uh, from Highway Bandits, or further detrimenting somebody else's. Uh, Or Tax Collector, where you get to spend a warrior to draw a card. You gain that extra warrior and then immediately draw a card with it. That's pretty nice. What about uh, False Orders? Oh, you're right. Of course, the the moving one, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. Well, and, and or even uh, cobbler, cobbler. Now that I'm thinking about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Eerie emigre as well could be. Ooh, eerie emigre is actually really good. Specifically, like extra moves, I think is is definitely good. Oh, really? Warm handy. sun profits, as we said. Warm know. sun profits. <laughs> Special teams. This is the thing I had to ask Discord about. I had a badger. It had one relic. I moved along a path with a highway bandit. <laughs> so I lose the warrior, but what happens to the relic? 
that highway bandit is swagged out. That's what <laughs> He's just wearing some jewelry. <laughs> um, it turns out that I lose a warrior, but the move is completed. So it's like the guy just chucks the relic into oh, the yeah. next clearing. I think we talked about wow. this. Actually. He dies. Yeah, I, I brought it up when it yeah, happened. It kind of rolls into the clearing and kind of spirals and just kind of circles there. That's <laughs> <laughs> how you find out if you're in a dream world or not. Also, you wouldn't. Why did you do this? It w- I had to. I had to get that. I had to. Re- oh, I wanted to know if I could do it so that I could recover that relic. Oh, because where your destination was, you had badgers to catch it. Right. Oh, right, so yeah. they caught it. Great. Okay, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. It was a touchdown. Total badger <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> I don't know if there's any other special teams for this. I'm trying to think. Cats getting extra moves. I'm trying to think. I mean, Lord of the Hundreds is going to really capitalize off of this. <laughs> you're never, right. How did actually, we not talk, we about talk about all about of the movement that's coming oh, from this? Oh, I thought of one. If you're a vagabond and you control highway bandits and you're allied and you get to move with other warriors. Oh. How does that work? Uh, well, when I don't think. Huh. Hold on. Because they would be technically your ally, right? They would be Ugh. not enemy pieces. They are not enemy pieces, so they wouldn't lose a warrior. Well, you may place a warrior. Can you place other players' warriors? I don't think no, so. No, when no, no, an no, no, enemy no. moves on a path with a bandit, they must remove one moving piece or damage one item. They would not be an enemy if they're allied. They would not be an enemy piece if they're allied. Are they an enemy of the... Yeah, the faction's of always the in hireling? regards to you. Yeah, that's what I was Yeah, wondering. it's always in regards are to they... control. Okay, so not to the hireling. But I don't think you'd get a warrior. No, you don't. You would not 100% not get a warrior. My question is is whether they would lose a warrior. But since they're not enemies, they won't. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, so yeah. That I feel strong about that direction. half. You feel strong about the other half. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but rats are going to... How have we not talked about this? Like, yeah, we totally missed that. Yeah. Also, this is the hireling with pieces that doesn't affect the rats. Because they're on paths. Right. So they don't bother the rats oppress. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, that's great. That's true. That's great. Finally, the rats Finally, are like, we love these bandits. Finally, a hireling bandits. that doesn't yeah. actively hurt the rats. I love it. And honestly, like, oh, man. it doesn't really counter them that much because they're the lord of the hundreds, right? So, like, they can take they can take the hit more than anybody. Right. Yeah. True. They but to. they would totally benefit from accruing those warriors, Absolutely right? Absolutely, they would. Because they just makes every advance that much more. They accrue them. So scary. They accrue them on the way. What's kind of rough about you know the hundreds is they have to keep getting them back at the stronghold and bringing them forward. Sometimes I mean they also get right. them at their warlord, but they get a limited number. Well, with this, they're getting them on top of the the momentum of it. That's bananas. Yeah, you yeah, can start mustering having... from the local rat population. <laughs> yeah, you don't even need to lead with your warlord. You know, you could take your normal command moves and start just like. Yeah. Creating little squadrons. You know? Jeez, that's terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Um, what's the overall score for this, Sam? Oh, we're giving this one 8.6 out of 6.8 spiky boys. Okay. Guys, group B. I feel like the demoted sides were like, okay, yeah. pretty good. The promoted sides are banging. They're crazy good. Yeah. And that's, now we have to choose. Who is advancing out of this group? And uh, just to recap, we are taking into consideration both the demoted and the promoted side. One card yeah. goes through to the finals. First half, second half, right? Yeah. Got to play a complete game. We gave yeah. a uh, hierarchy of the demoted on our last episode, which was, That's I believe, right. the Lizard Envoys won that with gold. Yes. 
followed by the bandit gangs bandit gangs and silver and then the otter divers the little lifeguards in third right bronze oh and just in in a nutshell lizard envoys is you get to pull a card from the discard pile right um bandit gangs uh basically they like help you recruit like a little bit wherever the gangs are Mm -hmm. and then whenever they switch allegiance you get to like battle them or whatever Okay, and then uh, the Otter Divers is you can ignore rule when moving to or from a river clearing. <laughs> you don't have this to brag to your like... friends about it. Just you can keep it to yourself. <laughs> sure. sure. Um, all right. Yeah. It, it's hard. I think all three promoted sides are pretty close for me. Yeah. Whereas the demoted sides, I feel like are very clear that Otter Divers is not in the running, which means I think this is going to take out the flotilla as a contender to move on. Yes. Oh, that that's so painful because it's such a good hireling. It's a great one. And it, uh, hey, it still might win for best meeple. I mean, who are we kidding here? It's um, true. So it's only one for best nickname. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so I think you're right, though, Sam. I agree with you. Um I so think... we're choosing between the lizards and the porcupines here. Right. Here's what's hard for me, Sam. Yeah. I think that on the demoted side, lizard envoys is slightly better than bandit gangs. Yeah. But on the promoted side, I think highway bandits seems better than worms and profits to me. <sighs> I don't know if I, yeah, I think I, I don't know. I think worms and profits are better because. Yeah. Okay. You're, yeah, okay, you shed a warrior with the bandits, you know, you you gain a warrior with the bandits. With the Worms and Prophets, whole groups of people move and then fight, and you're not even involved. <laughs> There's you, you can make B fight D, or C fight B, or D fight true. B. Yeah, Sam, you described it as game-breaking, and I, I think that's kind of close to true. It's crazy. Here's, Here's the good. thing, though. The truth is, uh, these are one warrior. If you right. attack them, it's over, and then somebody has to, instead of doing something awesome, has to just place one of the warriors. They are they are able to be shut down. Yeah, you can which shut is them not down. true of the bandits. The bandits right. are immune to being shut down, right? Right. the uh, The demoted side can't be battled if you're in their clearing, if you control them. Right. They're um, protected. And then the highway bandits can't be battled because they're on a path. Right. So that's that's my argument against myself about the lizard that's a fair that's a fair point to countering but like who wants to spend the time half the time if it means me getting false ordered that's true uh, oh, for one sure. battle is sure. worth it that, that's a good yeah. point oh it's mission critical to get rid of that profit yeah. in that case okay that's fair uh that's... yeah they are much more counterable in that way that is true but man if I'm just going on off a of potential, I think it's lizards, but I am torn right now between the toughie. practicality of these this two. This is a toughie. I mean, in this case, does the demoted sides help to break the tie at all? I feel like the demoted sides are so close, though, too. They are pretty close. I know. The close. highway band or bandit gangs is slightly better. Just because, like, the lizard envoys are like, you have to choose, like, with the max amount of suits and you can't take an ambush and... The, the, the lizard envoys, I think, really kind of edge it out barely because it's so, we kind of discussed this, it's so limited. It's the five card. It's yeah. of five cards, and of those five cards, it's the most populous suit yeah. in a four-suit game. So, uh, yeah, the diversity isn't quite what we maybe have sold it as. I don't know. I, <laughs> the potential of Wormsome Profits, I think, maybe pushes it over to the edge for me. Okay. I, I'm, for me. I'm, 
I can hear that argument for sure. I think Sam makes an excellent point about just kill them and then you don't have to worry about it. But they're going to keep popping up and they're going to pop up anywhere after you've killed them. Yeah, actually, if you kill all of them, then they get a free place. Oh, you have to kill anywhere. all of them? Yeah. If, if you no kill all of them, profits are on the map. Okay. Then they get a free yeah. place. Oh, that's when hired, though. That's when you when it okay. changes controllers. So, so that's actually... But they can very, get suppressed. Few, very few players want to use the second feature of the Warm Sun Profits. No one. Yeah, you're trying not to do it. I mean, yeah. you, what's the max you can have them for? Uh, four turns. Four turns. So, like, if you wasted the first one, you got three more turns to utilize that. But he could get hit. I don't know. The fragility of this does make me second guess now. It's a bit fragile, but the the effect Potential. is so strong yes. that yeah. you are literally forcing your opponents to deal to do, with yes. the threat. It's true. like a sympathy token or a bomb or something, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And they could spend that action doing something that actually helps them or like battling anyone else. Mm-hmm. But instead they like have to deal with this one warrior and it's not, it's more of a nuisance than it is like a, you know, anything else because just one warrior, but you know, leaving it in place is going to be devastating. If I'm if with that being said, would I rather lose one warrior or have to waste a battle action and potentially lose a warrior? I would rather just lose the warrior. So in that way, warm some profits, is starting to edge it back out for me (laughs) because I'm like, even if you don't even get to do the cool thing, if you are just making people battle one warrior that doesn't matter and gaining no points for it and potentially losing a warrior in retaliation, that's pretty good. But if it's someone who can (laughs) battle liberally, that doesn't really affect them that much. Like the warlord doesn't care. No. And neither do the, I mean, the birds might even want it. So like uh, that's, Yeah. (laughs) I'm arguing this, both this, for and this has been this. the toughest call. This so is far. the toughest call. So Worms and Profits, kind of a glass cannon. Yeah, very much. Very strong, but kind of brittle. I would say that like the one warrior calculation. I mean, Highway Bandits is a one warrior calculation yeah, Highway, as well. Yeah. So like, yeah, if Worms and Profits are a glass cannon, then Highway Bandits are like a, a satellite gun. That you just can't deal with. <laughs> yeah, it's a laser network. Yeah, it's a Bond villain device. Um, <laughs> oh, Kyle, where are you at? I think I'm kind of leaning Highway Bandits, like in my initial pitch, um, but only kind of. I, I I recognize that the the power of Worms and Profits is more devastating yeah, and stronger, yeah. has a a bigger kind of impact on a faction if they get hit with it. Um, but to me, Highway Bandits is like one of those persistent strategic effects that I just take a lot of delight in mm-hmm. having around. I think it's fun for the for the table and the board, and I want them to win because of that. Yeah, it, it does feel like a better design <laughs> that might <laughs> that might like flip it for me. Where I'm like, we haven't seen stuff that interacts with the path. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, it, that's neat. That's neat. But like the specific effect of like taxing one warrior adding one warrior i think is the right amount of kind of complexity and makes you recalculate certain assumptions strategically which i think is fun the lizards in general are just a wild card hireling both of these things do yeah like uh things you don't expect i guess they both throw chaos into the game i have a pitch okay okay since we're indecisive what if we let the whimmies decide 
I love this. Between the two. Mm -hmm. This is what we should have done from the get. (laughs) So why don't we... I'll present this on a poll, and I'll, yeah. we'll uh, we'll put both factions, both sides up, and we'll let the Wimmies kind of do it. Um, actually, I'll just make a new thread in our Woodland War Machine about it so people can discuss it. And then we'll put up a poll as well, and then we will discuss the results on the next episode. Absolutely. Beautiful. Kind Man, of two a- challenges in this episode. One, mine some data. Two, you got to vote for this thing. Mind some data, participate in democracy. <laughs> so if you are not part of the Good Time Society Discord, come on over. There's a link in the description, and we're in the Woodland War Machine channel. Come and participate in the constant party of Root Chat and now voting. Yeah. Democracy, baby. Uh, speaking of democracy, uh, I'm going to make an executive decision here. <laughs> and that's that the River Folk Tortilla is the best meeple. I mean, hands down. Right. It's so cute. It's so cute. I like the other two meeples a lot. They could have won other groups, but Flotilla might have what it takes to go to the top. All right. In terms of best meeple. It is a heavy hitter in terms of meeple <laughs> design. It's big. I love it. It has multiple characters kind of like contained inside one meeple. Mm-hmm. The perspective is so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this so- is a uh a plus meeple. It's going to be going against the exile meeple uh, because we're doing two World Cups simultaneously. Of course, it was like, absolutely. What does it do? And then like the meeple world. Yeah, and then the Westminster Dog Show version of this whole thing, <laughs> where we're like admiring the little figures. Uh, excellent. Also, are are the otters in the tortilla? Are they are they wearing visors? I thought it was like helmets. Oh, helmets? Okay. I don't know. Because it kind of looks like they're wearing visors, like they're all a bunch of accountants or something. Because <laughs> the one on the River Flow Flotilla is, he has like a uh, bandana on, like a pirate. Oh, is that what but it is? But the meeple, I'm not sure. I can't, where's the meeple? I, those could be visors like merchants would, but I'm pretty sure they're bandanas, much like the picture of the yeah. River Flow Flotilla. Okay. okay. But that kind of makes them more piratey. Where they're yeah. throwing out booty and then chopping off heads. <laughs> <laughs> Zero heads, all booty. Um, I actually really love the meeple uh, for the bandit gangs and the highway bandits. Yeah. The porcupine meeple with just like those eyes and the eyebrows mm-hmm. and the little like buck teeth in the front. So cute. <laughs> Again, strong meeples from this group. Yeah. This is, this is a tough one. This mm-hmm. is a group of death i'm gonna say it yeah this is the group of death for sure (laughs) yeah um very excited for the wimmies to weigh in on this um and uh, very excited to um see uh some of you in august maybe or whatever (laughs) um if if you're around the portland area uh and happen to want to play a large scale game of root at some kind of gathering. Maybe just look at flights to Portland. Maybe just in check the out what the August. flight situation looks just like. See yeah. what it is. Yep. No pressure, no promises, no pressure. but no it's going to be a great time. <laughs> 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 yeah. And then maybe uh, if you're around, we could all get together and play a big old game. Actually, oh. we just need to get an entire room full of people chanting. And record that, and then that's just the end of all future pods. Ooh, actually. I, so I have always had a dream where if we do a live episode that we'd play the theme song. 
Um, oh, fun! I don't yeah. think we're gonna do it, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, we you could. mean on it's our instruments? Our, you mean live, right? Yeah, well, playing. Yeah, it live. yeah, 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 yeah. We do the extended nine-minute version too. Yeah, with of the accordion course, solo yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's not a bridge or anything. It's just nine more minutes of. Huh! <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, getting an entire room full of people to do the huzz would be like the coolest part. Well, we should also rent out a cathedral and kind of get the recording with tall ceilings, I think, <laughs> and see if we can really get those echoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah this absolutely. event I've been alluding to very cryptically is actually just a big album recording. <laughs> it's when Woodland War Machine does our barn album. It'd be fun. It'd be really fun. <laughs> How does that chant go? Uh, I mean, for me, so good. Yeah. a tortilla has completely replaced bread in my life. So, like, I don't have sandwiches. I just have burritos. You know, I I don't really, like, do a, hamburgers or anything anymore. It's all just tortilla-based ingestion. It's just a hamburger, but instead of buns, it's two tortillas. <laughs> well, I, I, will, I mean, that's just a beef burrito, right? No. A beef and cheese burrito? <laughs> With some lettuce? No, it's not. It's like a hamburger quesadilla or something. No, but if you have like the cheese and there's there's a pound of beef or like a quarter, I mean a quarter pound of beef, uh, and uh, I, I would not put ketchup in it. Uh, right. But, you know, you got some lettuce in there, some onion, mm-hmm. some tomato, mm-hmm. maybe an avocado because you're in California. Right. Okay, that's a burrito. <laughs> I don't Is, know. Did if I that not just describe a beef burrito? A burrito. Yeah, I just haven't put beans in it. My wife wants to get on the pod. Rachel. Oh, no. She's very tired. She will not come on the podcast. (laughs) Why did she want... She didn't want to. She wanted to see you. Yeah. I think she wanted to investigate what was going on in this room. What is he talking about hamburgers for? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Our conversation did not sound root-related at the moment, to be fair. Does he have a hamburger in there? (laughs) Oh, no. It's it's the podcast. I'm getting it out. (laughs)